Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was brought to us by Pastor Shad McDonald on March 5th of 2023. The scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. The sermon is titled, Heart Sick Over Hell. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share this episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Listen as Pastor McDonald shares the burden of his heart as he preaches to us about being heart sick over hell. Thank you for listening. Acts chapter 16, verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water Cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Verse number 24, the words of that rich man, I am tormented. 
If the Lord will stand by me, I want to label that line heart sick over hell. Isn't it ironic that the one that is so heartbroken and the one that is so heartsick over hell is the one that's in hell. I left my house this morning and this Sunday morning is <clears throat> one like many I've seen before. People mowing their grass. It's not at all unusual to see people with their bass boat going to the lake. They're not heart sick over hell. Those that are caught up in their everyday affairs of life, those that are indulging in revelry, those that are engaged in iniquity and ungodliness, they're not heart sick over hell. The ones that are heart sick over hell are the ones that are there and they'll never get out. I dare say that it's been way too long, way too long since we've had old time Holy Ghost conviction like we really need to get the church stirred up about the reality of hell. Would I be, would I be getting too close to home if I said that in truth the church is not really heart sick over hell? Would I be getting too close to home if I said that the backslider is really not heart sick over hell? You know, my mother told my brother Michael Todd that the Lord assured her that he would be saved. My dad said that that's what Carolyn said. That's what she said. I, I pray that my brother will pray before he leaves this world and I pray that my mother's prayers come to pass but the truth of the matter is it don't matter who you are it don't matter whether you know about church and been in church your whole life the fact of the matter is you got to make it right before you leave this world and if you don't you're going to a place called hell and there's no way out of hell I need to try to preach to you tonight concerning, amen, the lack of burden that I feel like that is in the present day church. And I pray that God awaken our hearts and stir us and it's time somebody get heartbroken over hell. It's time once again that there is anguish and there is sorrow that grips our very soul for the unsaved, for the dying and the lost. It's time we get back to a place where there's a burden that we wake up with in the night and we go through the day and we lose our taste for food. Somebody needs to get heart sick over hell. Somebody needs a burden for lost humanity. Men are dying and going to hell every day. I wonder has the church lost their burden as the church lost their their burden for lost souls come come now help me while I preach first of all let me tell you this please the scriptures right here this book this book I hold in my hand these words that I will read to you that are in red the scriptures proclaim the reality of hell do you get it why do you preach that there is a literal hell? 
Why do you preach that there is an actual hell? Because I believe the Word of God is not descriptive in a matter that it is figurative or it's something that is an apparition, amen, or some flimsy imagination. Hell is a real place. Hell is just as real as Mobile, Alabama. Hell is just as literal, amen, as the Mississippi River. Hell is just as real as the Grand Canyon. It is a literal place. And if you die lost, you're going there. If you die unsaved, you're going there. The scriptures proclaim the reality of hell. Vance Havner said that one of his members came to him one time and said, We don't need all that preaching on hell. Preach to us something about that meek and lowly Jesus. And Vance Havner said, well, it's kind of ironic that you mentioned the meek and the lowly Jesus. That's the one that tells us there's a place called hell. As a matter of fact, that meek and lowly Jesus, he spoke more of hell than he did heaven. May I say how unshakable the conviction of our Lord. Our Lord said there is a hell. Our Lord said that there was a rich man that died and in hell he lift up his eyes. And for you friend to sit there and question and be in a quandary is if there a place called hell. Jesus said there is a place called hell. Jesus said there is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I believe believe I can believe what Jesus said. I believe I can trust what Jesus said. And Jesus said there in Matthew 5 and verse 29, these words are in red. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish. And not that thy whole body be cast into hell. Friend. It'd be better for you to go into life maimed and marred. It'd be better for you to go into life missing an eye or missing a limb. You can go to heaven missing an eye or missing a limb, but you can't go to heaven with sin in your life. My friend, let me preach to you that not one sin will enter there. Not one sin will enter there. Not one curse word, not one lie, not one untruth, not one falsehood. Do you lie? Do you tell things in a way that are misleading? Do you shade things or slant things or leave things open in a way that cast a shadow or a shade upon someone's character? Do you tell something but you don't tell the truth? Do you know the Bible said liars shall have their part in the lake of fire? Are you going to help me while I preach? If you lie, you're going to burn. If you tell a lie, you go into hell. If you tell an 
in truth. You gonna die lost. You better repent. You better come clean because liars are gonna burn. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll get by. You really think you're going to take a chance? Mr. Lincoln, the 16th president, said, you can fool a lot of people some of the time, but you'll not fool God any of the time. Wise words from president. God knows your every thought. He knows your every action. He knows your every deed. He knows what you put on that phone and then erased it so nobody would know it. God saw it and God knows it. Come on here now. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. Amen. If your eye offends you to where the things that are on that phone, amen, is robbing you of your victory, robbing you of your salvation, you need to turn it off. Have I got a praying church? If your hand offends you, cut it off. My friend, I think a lot of us would do better if we would disassociate ourselves and detach ourselves from some things that are weighing us down. May I just preach a little bit more and tell you that God knows amen those conversations you have and God knows those things you're doing and God knows who you're talking to and God knows where you're looking for affection at anybody gonna help me while I preach I'm telling you friend it'd be better to cut it off you don't want to go to hell I don't want anybody to go to hell I don't want anyone to die lost would you pray for the preacher man oh spirit of God how unshakable the conviction of our Lord there's a hell look at Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 46 and this is what the scripture reads and these words are in red this is what Jesus said and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. How unending the condemnation of the lost. We do not believe in soul sleep. We do not believe in annihilation. If you go to hell, you'll be lost forever. Did you get it? Anybody with me? You're lost, you're eternally lost. You're lost, you're forever lost. There's no probation, there's no pardon, there's, there's no ever getting out, there's no water in hell, there's no hope in hell. You see, there's no hope in hell because you have no hope of ever getting out. It's a life sentence. Yeah. It's a place where the lost go 
but they never even get out. When Kurt Cobain died, rock star of another generation, died a suicide's death, died by his own hands, his mother said to the press, she said, my boy has done went and joined that stupid club. And she referenced Jimi Hendrix and gave a long list of famous rock stars that had committed suicide. And she said, now my boy has done went and joined that stupid club. My friend, may I say the most foolish thing you can ever do is leave this life not ready to meet God. I need to pray in church. Amen. They, uh, they were some midshipmen that were on a, a, a Navy ship, and, and they asked a, a chaplain on that ship. They said, uh, sir, do you believe in hell? And that chaplain said, well, frankly, I do not. And one of those midshipmen on that ship said, well, then you are of no use to us at all. <laughs> because if there is no hell... We don't need you. But if there is a hell, you're no good to us. Friend, the only way I can be of good to you is to preach to you that there is a hell. If I can get it in your heart, amen, if I can burn it in your spirit like it's been burning on my soul for the past week, hell is a real place and sinners are going there. They, someone said to Willie Nelson some time ago at an award ceremony that they just could not wait to get to hell because heaven was a boring place anyway. And they remarked to Willie Nelson, and said when we get to hell we'll have happy hour in hell may I say there's no happy hour in hell may I say there's no happy hour in hell sometimes hell is used as a swear word Sometimes hell is used as an offensive word. But when I speak of hell, I speak of it as a literal place. Of a place of torment. Of a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. If you go to hell, you will go there as an intruder. Because God did not intend for his creation to go to hell. I sometimes hear of young people that are stubborn and determined on their own self-will to their destruction and people will say of them they are hell-bent and that means they're bound to their self-will to their own destruction and may I say if you have a bias about you if you have a stubborn nature about you if you resent authority amen and if you parents have got a kid that you will, will not make respect authority you are setting your child up for destruction you're setting your child up for damnation God intended for children to obey their parents God intended for children to respect authority God intended for children to obey their parents and if you do not demand that respect, you're at fault. Listen to me, kids. 
Where you at? Wake up. Don't ever hit your parent. Did you just hear what I said? You don't ever hit your parent. You don't do that. You don't sass your parents. You do not disrespect authority. You'll go to hell for that. And somehow or another, some of you parents have got it in your mind that if one of your kids is caught doing something, immediately the teacher or the preacher is suspect. It must have been him. It might have been your kid. It may have been. It may have been. A youngin ought to come to church and sit down and be quiet. Children should not be disrespectful in the house of God. When we come to church, everybody are to sit still, not be up walking around, not be distracting. Let's just say we have a lost family that comes in and sits right there in front of Brother A.J. and Sister Sheila. And I'm up trying to preach what I'm preaching tonight. We got people up and down, in and out, down in the floor, out the door. 13 trips to the bathroom. And you can't sit still? And can't nobody get anything out of the word the preacher said. Because they watching all of y'all go in and out. And I done prayed half a night, been up for daylight, down on my knees, wearing the carpet out. And we got people that don't love truth enough to sit still to listen to it. That's all right. If y'all don't want it, there's somebody that does. My phone rings all the time. There's people that want it. Hey, man, if you don't want it here, go find you somewhere where they'll pat you on the back. But if you want truth, you're at the right place. Come on here now. If you want righteous preaching, it's right here. And I come to tell you, there's a hell. And I ain't going there. And I don't want your kids to go there. I don't want your children to die lost. I don't want your family to be unsaved. I'm saying it's time to pull up. It's time to tighten up. It's time to listen to truth. It's time to fear God. It's time to get stirred in our soul. Somebody needs to get heart sick over hell. Somebody needs to get stirred about the lost. Would you lift your hands and pray? Pray for the preacher. The scriptures proclaim the reality of hell. Notice the sin sinner's painful remorse in hell. Look to the Word of God. The uninterrupted consciousness of those in hell. In eternity, I believe that that lost soul in hell will be conscious for all eternity. That lost soul in hell 
will have acute awareness all throughout hell. The Bible says that the smoke of their torment shall ascend up forever and forever. Look here. According to what Jesus said in Luke 16, their sight in hell There's hearing in hell. He's tormented in the flames. There's feeling in hell. There's no taste in hell. He'll never get the taste of water. Oh, God, help me, Lord. No taste of water. Once you, once you leave here, once you cross over, it's too late then. Is it settling in on you? Don't you worry about me. I'm not nervous. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I know what I'm doing. I want you to think about it. Whatever you're tempted by, whatever you have an affection for, you're not going to get that in hell. When they interviewed Ted Bundy before they executed him, the lights were blinking on death row. And the journalist said, why are those lights blinking? And they said, they're testing the chair. He was that close, that close to death. And Ted Bundy said that his addiction to pornography started as a 14-year-old boy. They really don't know how many people he did kill. But it began with an addiction to pornography. He became a serial killer. He's in hell tonight if he didn't pray. That's the society of hell. Jeffrey Dahmer, he mutilated no telling how many and eat human flesh. Kept it in his deep freeze. If he didn't pray, he's in hell. That's the society of hell. The abominable Liars, abusers of themselves with mankind, that's who's in hell. Homosexuals go to hell. Lesbians go to hell. Perverts go to hell. They're in hell. They're in hell. Consciously aware, having all your senses, but yet never dying. There's something else I noticed about what Jesus said in this story concerning this rich man and this in hell. 
Not only the uninterrupted consciousness of those in eternity, but the unanswered concerns for those on earth. This man in hell gets a burden for the lost. This man that's in hell gets a burden for his unsaved brothers. Years ago, Brother Ralph Lowry preached this very text. And he preached on one in hell and five on the way. I have five brethren. But the sad thing about it is, here's a man in hell, and his concern comes just a little bit too late. And so it was with Esau, 12th chapter of Hebrews, verse 27. For ye know how that afterward. That's what it said about Esau. Afterward. He got concerned just a little too late. And sometimes that's what happens with us. We're not concerned until it's too late. We're not concerned until it's too late. And I've had them tell me, now, now don't offend my children. Don't, don't offend them. Don't, don't say anything that will cross them. Don't say anything that will upset them. I can't change what the book said. I won't change the thing I preach. If I'm the kind of man that changes it, you need to get you another one. It's the same for everybody. But you see, I'm the man who answers the phone and says, can you preach the funeral of that 22-year-old that took his life? And prayed on our altars. I'm the man who had to do it. That's why you ought to say, preacher, preach truth to me every time you get up. I don't guess I have an enemy in the world. If I do, it's because of them. It ain't me. I ain't got an enemy in the world. But if I had an enemy, I wouldn't want nobody to go to hell. When Calvin Coolidge was the vice president of the United States, he presided over the Senate. And while he was presiding over the Senate, two congressmen got in a heated argument. Right there in front of the chair of the Senate. And one of those senators looked to the other and told him that he could go straight to hell. 
whereupon Calvin Coolidge, who presided over the sentence, <clears throat> spoke aloud and said, I've read the rule book. He don't have to go. <laughs> well, I read the rule book. <laughs> Nobody has to go. <laughs> My text tonight declares the scriptures proclaim the reality of hell. The sinner's painful remorse in hell. But I read once, Frank William Borum said this. Frank Borum said, a good artist can paint a dark forest with a cabin hid in the wilderness. Good artist can paint a dark forest. But if he's a real good artist, he'll paint you a bright path out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I've got a bright path out. And that is the Savior's pardon redeems us from hell. Hallelujah. Yes, there is a hell. Yes, there is a hell. But by His grace, I'm not going by his grace I'm not going by his unmerited love he claimed us here in his love that he first loved us do you get it by his unmerited love he claimed us I was not worthy of his love I was going backward downward devilward hellward and I could not stop my fall but he loved me and by his love I'm not going to hell may I say his unmerited love claims us and his unblemished life cleanses us we're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold or the vain traditions of our fathers but by the precious anybody got it by the precious blood of the lamb hallelujah to God I've been washed I've been redeemed I've been sanctified I've been justified my name is in heaven I don't have to go to hell Stand with me all over the house. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for the reading of your word and the anointing that I have felt to preach the word. Come to us in this altar tonight. Let Holy Ghost conviction grip our hearts. Stir us, God, down to the core of our being. And give us a burden for hell and for the lost like we've never had before. Your heads are bowed. If you're here tonight and you are allowing temptation to have its way in your life, if you're doing things, looking at things, participating in things, and you know the Holy Ghost is dealt with you about it, you better stop before it's too late. I need to pray in church right now. You might be one click away from hell. John Wesley Fletcher John Wesley Fletcher 
preacher of another day. Told of a man and woman that met at a boat dock, the river's edge, to have an illicit affair, committing adultery on their companions. Somehow or another, during the course of their iniquity and ungodliness, the vehicle that they were sitting in fell out of gear, rolled into the river. Two drowned victims were found. And that affair that they had kept hid for all them months was brought to light when that automobile was drawn up out of that water. Be sure, you didn't get it, did you? Be sure, your sin's gonna find you out. It's gonna find you out. You can pet it, hide it, cover it up. Pretty soon everybody's gonna know what you and the Holy Ghost have known for a long time. See, because when you sin, you know it, and the Holy Ghost knows it. But right now, while there's mercy and there's pardon, you can get it under the blood. Keep on doing it. Keep on indulging in it. Keep on going there. Keep on doing that. Oh yeah, that'd be grief. But it'll be too late. Somebody tonight needs to get heart sick over hell. This altar's open. You want to pray? I'm not trying to label anything. I'm not trying to single anybody out. You say, well, preacher, you know, someone might think bad of me. It don't matter what anybody thinks. Your soul is more important than anything else. If this preaching found you tonight, I want you to get in this altar right now. I'm waiting on you. Altars open. There's some young people God's dealing with. Search my heart, Lord. Put the spotlight on me, God. Others have already come, so you won't be the first. But you need to step out right now. I want you to come. Well, this ain't my home church. That ain't what I ask you. You feel God speaking to your heart about some things. You want to pray? Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. At your heart, Lord. 
touch her heart, God. God's working. Pray on church. Pray on church. For I would say unto thee this night that you have deceived others and you have deceived your own heart, but you have not deceived me, saith God. For I know your heart. I know your thoughts. I know your desires. I know your intentions. And I would say to thee this night, repent. Repent, I say. Repent of thy deceit. Repent of thy lies. Repent, saith God, and I will forgive. But if you persist, I will reveal it, and I will bring shame, and I will bring reproach, saith the Lord thy God. There's somebody in this room, you've convinced yourself you're okay. God is saying to someone, it's not okay. And He's not going to let it get by. Altars open. Let's gather in and pray with these that have come.